You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. I hope everybody had a good 4th of July weekend. There is a lot to talk about on today's show. I'm going to talk football here in segment number one. I think a lot of the shows recently have been kind of big picture, which happens in the offseason, especially this offseason. But in segment number one, I'm going to tell you about a stat that I saw over the weekend and then talk about the position group that it affects with Tennessee's football team. It's on the defensive side of the ball. I think it's a position group that has a ton of potential for this upcoming season. I'll tell you about that here in segment number one. In segment number two, I'm going to talk Tennessee basketball expectations a little bit as Blake Lovell, who has talked about Tennessee being maybe the team to beat in the SEC, weighed in on what should be the expectations for Rick Barnes' basketball team. We're going to talk about that a little bit today and tomorrow. So that's coming up in segment number two. And another example of why SEC basketball, I think, should be deeper heading into this upcoming year. Should be a fun year in SEC basketball with Tennessee potentially leading the way. And then in segment number three, there are a few recruiting items to catch you up on with Tennessee being in the mix for several big-time players. Also, another look at why Tennessee needs to land players of that caliber. I'll get to all of that today on Locked on Vols, which is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. They all carry Locked on Vols. Thanks to everybody who has rated and reviewed the show, spread the word to other Tennessee fans, and welcome new listeners. If you're checking out Locked on Vols for the first time or you've just started listening recently, thank you for being here on Locked on Vols, which is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. So the stat I saw over the weekend came from Pro Football Focus, and it had to do with a guy that I think is kind of an under-the-radar player on Tennessee's football team. He was one of my selections recently for, I think the topic was unsung heroes on Tennessee's football team, something like that. The stat came from Pro Football Focus. The lowest passer rating when targeted in the slot among returning defensive backs from the 2019 season The number one player in the country with the lowest passer rating when targeted in the slot is Tennessee's Sean Schamberger. He's a player that I don't think gets talked about a lot, but he's a guy that has played a pretty good amount for Tennessee at this point. He played some as a true freshman back in 2017. That was Butch Jones' final season. Then in 2018, I think struggled to find the exact spot he would factor in on on the defensive side with Jeremy Pruitt. I think Jeremy Pruitt wanted to trust Schamberger a little bit more on the field, but he was a guy that we kept talking about, okay, could he be a safety? Is he a corner? Would he play nickel? And then this past year, he was a guy that really emerged. Balin Buchanan was unable to play because of his medical situation, and that opened up a real opportunity for Sean Schamberger, and he beats out Kerry Vincent Jr. coming back for LSU and Javon Holland at Oregon for the lowest passer rating when targeted in the slot among returning cornerbacks. And when you think about Schamberger's ability to defend in the slot, he can move around on the field, and also, I think, be an effective player getting into the offensive backfield. He's a guy that I would look for Tennessee to try to use to create some pressure this upcoming season. The versatility of Sean Schamberger, I think, makes him one of the the most unsung heroes of Tennessee's football team, certainly on the defensive side, and a, a really probably undervalued guy, and a, I would say a very valuable player on the football team. And then I started to think about the defensive backfield overall. There is not one obvious star in that position group. 
but one could emerge this year. Think about Nigel Warrior and the, the progress he made heading into his senior season or at least during his senior year. And I say that because I don't think he played that great in September, but his game really elevated and he ended up being an all-SEC player for Tennessee last year. Well, Warrior is now gone, so he has to be replaced. A guy who I think could help replace Warrior is Jalen McCullough. I brought him up a lot. He's a guy heading into his sophomore season who I think is on the list of players to watch who could make a real leap in 2020. In fact, Athlon Sports Preview chose Jalen McCullough as the rising star player to watch this upcoming season. Here's what was written in the magazine from Athlon Sports. Quote, Jalen McCullough turned heads with a two-interception spring game in 2019, but settled into the background among big impact freshmen during the season. With Nigel Warrior gone, McCullough should be a mainstay at safety. He earned six starts while Trayvon Flowers was sidelined with an injury. And McCullough's a guy that had to come back from an injury early in last season, which I think slowed his freshman season progression. But once he got healthy, he was able to play more. He had the opportunity to play more because of the injury to Flowers, which was mentioned there, and I think made the most of it. So I think McCullough's a guy to watch. But really, I think a lot of the conversation with Tennessee's defensive backfield is the depth. You have more experience now for guys like Bryce Thompson and Elante Taylor. You have Kenneth George at corner, a guy that I think Tennessee's coaches probably trust, along with Trayvon Flowers and Theo Jackson. Warren Burrell played some as a freshman. So you have more guys with experience now that I think Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley can believe in on the field. And that's something to consider as well. These guys will go into another year of experience with Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley coaching them. Those are two guys that are really respected. You know about Jeremy Pruitt's history probably at this point coaching in the defensive backfield. And then you have Derek Ansley, who has coached that position for quite some time now and has coached it with Jeremy Pruitt for a good amount of time. So now that it's year two, with those guys having played a good amount, you have some good athletes. I think several of those players are some of the best athletes on the team, which is probably pretty common when you're talking about a defensive backfield. But I think it's really the case here with Thompson and Taylor. And McCullough was a a four-star player who could go just about anywhere he wanted to in the 2019 class. Flowers is a guy that was probably a little bit underrated as an athlete because he was late to, I think, get started playing football at the high school level. He chose Tennessee over Clemson. Just a a good overall athlete, good baseball player coming out of high school. And then you have some other guys to at least watch heading into this year to say, okay, what if they make a jump or what if they're able to help even more? Guys like uh, Kenny Solomon, who's terrific speed. He might be the fastest guy on the team, certainly high on that list. Tyus Fields, Keyshawn Lawrence is a highly touted incoming freshman from Nashville. So I think now you have more names to work with. Nigel Warrior is an important player to replace, But he's only one player that you have to replace from the defensive backfield. And when you have a group of Trayvon Flowers, Theo Jackson, and Jalen McCullough, that helps. I think Keyshawn Lawrence, does he play safety? Does he play corner? He's a guy that could play nickel. Maybe he's a guy that moves around as a freshman. And then let's see what happens with some of those other players I just mentioned. I'm not ready to say that Tennessee's defensive backfield is going to be the best position group. I don't don't know if it's going to be one of Tennessee's three best position groups on the team. But I do think it's one to pay attention to. And if if McCullough does turn out to be a rising star, if he breaks out to play at a really high level as a sophomore, which I think he's capable of, I think Thompson's capable of that. I think Alante Taylor could be as, uh, as well. Last year, the, you have the BYU game and what happened there at the end. And I think that probably set him back mentally. Confidence had to be lost there. But I also think he probably regained it. And he's a guy that is really respected in the locker room. He's considered one of the leaders of the football team. 
Thompson is a, a player who was pretty highly touted coming out of high school and uh, was a guy that athletically, I think, showed that he could play wide receiver, could play corner, uh, could be a guy to factor in in the return game. So there's not one player I could point to in the defensive backfield to say he is the guy that leads that position group. But I would say if you look at the collection, there's a lot of talent, there's a lot of potential for Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley to work with. And if Tennessee's defensive line can continue to be productive, if Tennessee can find ways to get after the passer, create a pass rush, then Tennessee's defensive backfield, I think, would have a chance to perform really well heading into 2020. And I think as long as you have Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley there coaching the defensive backfield, I think you'll probably give that group the benefit of the doubt that it will at least meet expectations and have a good chance to exceed them. Coming up next, what about Tennessee basketball expectations for this upcoming year? Tennessee is going to be a preseason top 15 team probably. What about Tennessee in the SEC? Blake Lovell weighs in on that. Another look at why the SEC is probably going to be a deeper basketball conference this upcoming year as well. That's coming up next on Locked on Vols, which today is presented by rockauto.com. A great option if you are ever looking for parts for your car, whatever kind of car, whatever make or model you might be driving, Rock Auto is a great option, and it keeps you from going to some traditional chain storefront where you're asking, hey, do you have this for my car? And they might have one or two options for you, and you have to pay whatever it is. At Rock Auto, they help you save when working to repair or maintain your car. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts that a chain store might give you? Here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com and check out the selection of auto and body parts that they have available from hundreds of manufacturers. They're going to offer you a unique and remarkably easy to navigate website. You can quickly see all the parts that are available for your vehicle and you can save big time by doing so. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I spent time on last Tuesday's show talking football expectations for 2020, which are definitely rising, but they're not to championship level expectations. Big picture, that's what will be expected of Jeremy Pruitt. And he may go into this season thinking, hey, we need to go compete for a championship this year. Maybe that ends up happening. I don't think that's the expectation for Tennessee football. But what about Tennessee basketball? That's something I talked about with Blake Lovell, who has hosted on Locked on Vols. He's uh, written about college basketball for HeatCheckCBB.com, and uh, he's going to have a, a little more on Tennessee on tomorrow's show. He, he joins the show a, a lot to talk about Tennessee basketball. But the other day when we talked Tennessee football expectations, I wanted to get his thoughts on Tennessee basketball as well. Not overall potential, but what should be expected of Rick Barnes' team heading into this upcoming season 
with several players returning, like John Fulkerson, Josiah Jordan-James. There's the question of Eve Pons, but then a talented freshman class coming in, including Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson. So this is what Blake Lovell said when I asked him, hey, what do you think about expectations for Tennessee basketball this upcoming year? Yeah, well, look, when you have the kind of recruiting class that they have coming in, I think the expectations are automatically high, especially when you're in the SEC and we kind of know, you know, what the expectations are already based on the fact of what Rick Barnes has done there with the, with the Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield teams, uh, getting them to number one in the country, being a team that, that you know, felt like it should have went further in the NCAA tournament, all those different things. And now, you know, you have this group that you look at the recruiting class, it's fantastic. And, you know, if you get Pons back, I think that's the, the X factor. You get him back, and I've already told you, I think Tennessee's the best team in the SEC if he comes back. Um, and so, I, I mean, their expectations have to be high, too, because that's a team, as we said, not that long ago was sitting here as the number one team in the country. And, and even, you know, maybe it's hard to compare this specific team to that Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield team of a couple seasons ago. Maybe it's not built the exact same way. But at the same time, I think they've still got the same type of talent overall and I think that's something where they're going to go in we've already seen the polls I mean you got, you got people like us talking about it like it feels like if they can get pawns back everything everybody else on the roster that they have the new additions it feels like they should be a team that is a top 15 maybe top 10 type of team an SEC title contender and I don't think that's unrealistic just based on where everything's at how far they've come uh, so yeah I think the expectations have to be pretty high for Rick Barnes and company too. I think they have to be as well. And like I said with football last week, uh, I'll say here with basketball, and I think it's emphasized, the expectations internally for Tennessee basketball will be incredibly high because Rick Barnes always expects his team to go to the NCAA tournament. And I think they'll go into this year with the goal of winning the SEC championship, the regular season, trying to win the SEC tournament title and all that stuff. And then, of course, going as far as they can in the NCAA tournament. So for Rick Barnes and the players heading into this year, their expectations will be as high or higher than what we set. I really think that's the case. But what about the external expectations? You heard what Blake had to say right there. I think Tennessee should, I'll say that I don't think Tennessee should be expected to win the SEC championship, but I do think that Tennessee should be expected to contend all the way until the end and have a really good shot. In the final two weeks, Tennessee should be in a position to win an SEC regular season title. And then I think uh, I think once we get to the tournament, ha- having this conversation right now is not all that fair, but once we get there, I think there should be kind of an internal expectation that they go to the second weekend, that they at least get to the Sweet 16. Now, uh, I looked at Jeff Borzello of ESPN.com, where he ranked Tennessee in his most recent top 25 for this upcoming year. He has Tennessee as the number 10 team in the country, and he has Tennessee as the highest ranked SEC team. You're going to hear a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of that for Tennessee basketball heading into this year, Tennessee being picked to win the SEC or Tennessee versus Kentucky for the SEC title. I think there's going to be a lot of that. Eve Pons does factor in in a big way. If Eve Pons does not come back, that is going to affect Tennessee's expectations negatively. It does not mean Tennessee can't win the SEC. It does not mean that Tennessee can't go win a bunch of games and get to the Sweet 16 or something like that. It's just that Eve Pons, I think, is a big difference maker. Right now, I think all expectations do factor Eve Pons into the conversation. Now, another reason that I think SEC basketball is going to be deeper this year, that is something that we've talked about a good amount, is that 
the incoming talent level continues to increase. Alabama picked up another four-star commitment over the weekend. I saw Aaron Torres note that if you look at the different services, there are six SEC teams with top 10 classes heading into this upcoming college basketball season. Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, Auburn, and now Alabama all can lay claim to a top 10 class coming in. Basketball is a sport where an incoming class can make a big impact. And think about a couple of those schools. You have Alabama heading into year two with Nate Oates as the head coach. You have Arkansas heading into year two with Eric Musselman as the head coach. Those teams, I think, have a chance to make a real jump. And then the others are programs that have been competing at a high level. Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn have all been competing at a top 25 level over the last couple of years. So as they're bringing in more talent, that's a chance to kind of reload. Tennessee's looking to bounce back. This past season was disappointing overall. But Tennessee as a program has been at a high level over the last few years. And the same would be said for Kentucky, Auburn, and LSU. So I think the SEC as a basketball conference will be deeper. So it might be a little more challenging for Tennessee to win it than you would typically think. But also, if, if Tennessee is that good, if Tennessee is one of the top two or three teams to beat heading into the year on a national stage, that can be really good for Tennessee. If the SEC is considered to be a stronger conference, then Tennessee on a national stage will get more credit. Going into the NCAA tournament, is as long as Tennessee does what it's supposed to and, and wins at a high level in the conference, Tennessee will have a chance to be a higher seed in the NCAA tournament, so it can really pay off. Rick Barnes is going to schedule tough. They're going to play a tough conference schedule, at least I think right now. Let's see if that's how it plays out. But if I'm right, and if others are right as well, because I'm not the only one saying, yeah, the SEC has a chance to be deeper this year, if that's the case, that can mean good things when it comes tournament time for Tennessee this upcoming year. Speaking of recruiting, I'm going to get to the football recruiting side coming up next. There are several updates on some of Tennessee's highest rated players who are undecided in the 2021 class. They have decided on some commitment dates. I'll tell you about that coming up next here on Locked on Vols, available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, third-party apps like Stitcher, Overcast. They carry Locked on Vols as well. You can also tell your smart speaker to play the podcast. All you have to do is say, Play podcast, Locked On, V-O-L-S. This segment is going to be about Tennessee football recruiting. There are a few updates on some of Tennessee's most highly touted players. I'll get to that coming up in a moment. Before that, word came out late last week that Jay Graham was penalized by the NCAA dating back to some violations at Texas A&M. Had to do with contact that was not allowed, excessive contact with a recruit. Part of the penalties have already kind of been paid off by Jay Graham going back to earlier this year. So the news was not surprised to Tennessee. The news just was a surprise, I think, to the public because it hadn't been reported on. So uh, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M was penalized and then Jay Graham as well. He will not be able to go out on the road during the contact period this fall, assuming there is one. Recruiting for 2020 is very much unknown as the dead period has been extended through August. So uh, we'll see what happens with evaluation periods and contact periods this fall. Who knows? But assuming the contact period takes place at some point, Jay Graham will not be able to go out on the road recruiting. I think this is news that looks worse in a headline than when you actually read the story or think about it. And that's because, one, some of the penalties have already been dealt with. Uh, going back to earlier this year, 
So we saw Tennessee close out the 20 class fine, and we've seen Tennessee recruit just fine for 2021. Also, while it's kind of sad to say, if there's a year where you could deal with not being out on the road recruiting, this would be it, right? Because of everything that's gone on, Tennessee has adjusted to having to recruit from home. I'm guessing Jay Graham would be just fine. Also, Tennessee has already done really well recruiting and recruiting in the state of North Carolina where Jay Graham plays a big role. Tennessee has a big running back recruit uh, committed down in Georgia in Cody Brown. So uh, it's it's not good news. You don't want to see it. I just I don't think there's going to be any kind of impact on Tennessee's football program at all. I don't think this hurts Tennessee in recruiting at all, but I did need to bring it up, of course, here on the show. Now, with some of the big names that are uh, out there considering Tennessee and considering making decisions soon, it looks like three guys will be making decisions at least in the next five to six weeks. Amarius Mims is a very highly touted offensive lineman who says he's going to announce his decision on August 15th. I don't think Tennessee's the favorite here by any means. I think Tennessee has a lot of work to do if it wants to pull off the upset of Amarius Mims, but Tennessee is definitely in the picture with Mims. There are two other guys that I think the Vols are probably in better standing with heading into their upcoming decisions. One is defensive tackle Peyton Page, a guy that I've talked about a lot here on the show. He's a really talented defensive lineman. He has a final three that he announced with his July 28th announcement. Clemson, Tennessee, and North Carolina. We'll see what happens in a few weeks. Things could change between now and July 28th, but I think the Vols have a real shot at the four-star defensive lineman Peyton Page. And then you have Smell Munden. He is a really talented linebacker who has kept things pretty quiet. He's played the game on Twitter with different uh, either hints at decisions coming, but he's one of the, the highest rated linebackers in the country. If you look at the composite ranking, he's ranked the number two outside linebacker in the country. He's a five-star prospect. He's uh, the number 26 overall player in the country, according to the composite. He has a final five that he put out on Sunday. Tennessee is in that five, along with Georgia, Auburn, Florida, and LSU. The three teams that have been talked about the most are Georgia, Auburn, and Tennessee. Who's the leader? Who knows? Georgia has probably gotten most of the attention, but Auburn and Tennessee are two schools that have gotten a lot of talk. And while Munden has kept things quiet, that has left a greater mystery. If Tennessee could pull that one off, if Tennessee could add Munden to a class that already includes guys like Aaron Willis and Terrence Lewis, Dylan Brooks on the defensive side, that would be huge for the Vols. So the biggest unknown would be with Munden, but you have Peyton Page, who is announcing on July 28th. It's Tennessee, Clemson, and North Carolina, and then Amarius Mims. Still plenty of time to go there. We're another five or six weeks away from his announcement on August 15th, but that's one to file away or add to your calendar for the middle of next month. And another reason this continues to be so important I probably don't need to tell you why Tennessee needs to land really good players, but if you can land one or two of these guys, you're also beating out really good schools, some SEC rivals in a couple of those cases. But also, while Tennessee is is doing really well, Tennessee is ranked the number four class in the country right now when you look at the composite rankings for 2021. Tennessee is number four behind Ohio State, Clemson, and North Carolina. North Carolina just continues to kill it on the recruiting trail. Tennessee right now has the average player rating, which is equivalent to Tennessee's average player rating in last year's class, which was ranked number 10 in the country. And that was really good, but Tennessee wants to do better than that. Also consider this. If you look at the composite rankings, four of Tennessee's 23 commitments are ranked in the top 150, four of the the 23. 
If you look at Alabama and Georgia, they have 19 combined commitments. 12 of their commitments are ranked inside the top 150. So Tennessee has four more commitments than Alabama and Georgia combined. Alabama and Georgia have eight more commitments inside the top 150 than Tennessee. They are recruiting more really high-level players. Tennessee wants to land more of those guys. So Tennessee will uh, continue to go after some of the names I just mentioned, as well as other highly touted players in the class. Tennessee with 23 commitments for 2021. But as I've said time and time again, there is a long way to go with recruiting for 2021. Just one of the many storylines to pay attention to over the next few weeks and the next few months. I'll be doing that right here on Locked On Vols. I'll have more football talk. We'll talk some more uh, college basketball, Tennessee basketball on tomorrow's show. Also, how this offseason has been different for coaches. That's coming up on tomorrow's show. I appreciate you being here today. Thanks again to everybody who has left a rating and review. I'll try to work in a mailbag to the show sometime soon as well. Remember, you can contact me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I have links to all of those accounts in the show notes. I appreciate you being here on Locked on Balls today. I'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>